0: Welcome to Short Ends Podcast, where we discuss experimental film, underground movie making, and independent cinema. Okay, welcome to Short Ends Podcast. Today, my guest is Zeke Egan, an awesome independent filmmaker, somebody I've worked with for a long time, and a good friend. Hey, Zeke.
1: Hey, Granville, how are you?
0: Good, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. Where are you now?
1: I'm in Belmont, Massachusetts, um, a few miles outside of Boston and I live in a house with a few other guys, and I'm currently working uh, with a PBS documentarian, um, helping her on shoots and editing, and uh, we just wrapped uh, interviews about a week and a half ago, so we've got all the transcripts now, and we're just kind of starting to trim the fat, and, um... And, and start getting a rough cut together.
0: Uh, very cool. What's the subject of the documentary?
1: Uh, the fat. Uh, the subject of the documentary is fat. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so not so much about obesity and, and the problems with, with weight, um, but more um, the uh, purpose of fat, how uh, it's vital to us, um, how we've de- developed with it, evolutionarily. And, you know, it's, it's important. Um, it's importance as a, um, as an organ, um, um, an endocrine organ. So.
0: Well, very cool. In a lot of your work, I see this kind of connection to, or emphasis on the body. Yeah. Why does that always appear? (laughs) Um, well, outside of being a human and having a body. <laughs> yes, but. I,
1: I guess I have a body. And uh, <laughs> sometimes I think about it. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I just I find my internal world and my external world um, two very different things. And I guess my kind of entire antenna for that, um, for that um, you know, that barrier is is my body. Um, so sometimes I have a lot of trouble externalizing uh, the way I'm feeling or the way I, or the thoughts I have. Um, um, and I also, you know, I'm uh, very reflective about myself. Um, you know, I, I don't know, I. Uh, I guess it's, they're just, they're two different things. They still haven't started working in unison, I guess.
0: Even again, on the the topic of fat, I mean, so many of your works have animal imagery or, uh, eating animals, like, uh, going back to core J's. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, cutting up the fish and then that great shot of the lobster on 16 millimeter, which is beautiful.
1: Thanks. Um, yeah, that was at a, a fish shop, uh, out, um, in Hampton Bays, New York. Um, and uh, we were just kind of lucky to walk in there and, and see that going on. It was, you know, usually with, with a lot of that 16 millimeter stuff I was doing in, in college, um, a lot of it was verite stuff. I was just kind of, um, you know, going out there with the camera not knowing what was gonna happen you know bringing an outfit or you know having like a one crazy idea that I could include and kind of just building on to that um, but yeah the 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 body um, uh, my I wrote a play in high school um, uh, I forget what it was called but it was about um it was about like these uh, these parents basically eating their children, <laughs> um, like trading them and like, um, bartering with, with each other, uh, to get like the best, uh, the best possible child to eat. <laughs> um, uh,
0: but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you in Massachusetts now because of this documentary? Um, mm, yes, I'm
1: deciding to stay in Massachusetts for that reason, but, um, I've had some issues with bipolar disorder, and, um, and I was living in Los Angeles and, and things weren't going so well, uh, to make a long story short, and, uh, and I needed to get some more help, so I came out to McLean Hospital, um, which is nearby here, and uh, I've been, I was inpatient there for a little while, and then I, um, I did an outpatient program for a bit, and then I, I still see doctors there uh, regularly. But things are going a lot better, and I'm kind of back on my feet, which feels good.
0: Great, that's good to hear. How did you find the the PBS documentary? How did you hook up with them?
1: Uh, I was uh, I was I met a friend, um, and she introduced me to this woman, Sarah, um, and we got coffee, and we started talking, and uh, she went to NYU to Tish, and um, we kind of kept the conversation going she um is very successful in the documentary field um she frequently does one hours for nova um and she's done a few of her own projects she has won an emmy um and i just tried to stay close with her i started doing research for her for free i uh i did research for about four months um researching this project we're working on now and um and then yeah, it got time to start filming and I started going out on on shoots and on the location and and helping with the production in that way and um and now we're moving on. So um she has another documentary uh coming up next year about CBD oil. Um and I've started to um do the some preliminary research with that. Um and um and it's been a great opportunity and i hope to stay close with her that's awesome are you the editor on fat uh, i'm not i'm not the head editor but um um uh, she has a another associate producer who's kind of been working with her for a few documentaries um and he's she's the main editor she really she really directs produces and edits everything she does um but she has someone helping her and I kind of help that person. So, um, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning so much. And um, um, I have some background with um, working in this kind of environment. Um, I worked on a documentary uh, after graduating school um, called Beyond the Walls. And um, I helped this woman Gail um, in Colorado uh, and we worked together for about a year, or a year and a half, on. Um, on, a, she had three years of footage um, of mural paintings, or like information and, and footage and interviewing the artists of mural paintings in war torn countries and how they have the ability to resolve a certain kind of conflict, um, you know, and and kind of bring two sides of a community together after the warring years
0: yeah i was just looking through the the uh, documentary but an incredible footage and from so many locations i mean uh it's just like a massive project it looks like
1: yeah it was i don't i don't know how she decided to start on the project um i know it's i think she went to um she went to belfast her family's from belfast ireland the, you know the troubles there with the um you know the the ira and etc and you know and the protestants and 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 the British and just the that that kind of that kind of um real crisis that went on there um and I think she started to branch off from there and um, start filming in other locations and I think she um ended up in eight or nine locations around the world um getting information on on uh
0: these murals and and why they're there. Yeah, no, very cool. An awesome topic, too. It seems like really interesting a way to unite those countries and everything. An interesting theme. Um, so, Zeke, like, you're somebody who I think uh, has lived such a full life and kind of uh, been in so many different places and made so many types of films and everything. Can we kind of start at the beginning of your biography? You were born in Manhattan? I was born in Manhattan. Um, I, uh, I,
1: My father is a self-made man. Um, he... Uh, grew up in a, um, a lower working- class uh, family in, in the Bronx and um, he you know worked his ass off and um, he was successful um, my mom um, she grew up in Long Island her father um, was the New York State Chief Justice of New York um, <laughs> and uh you know he uh he was he was bipolar and he had his problems with that um but i grew up um you know i i uh i grew up in manhattan um uh things went um very well for, for most of my my early life um and uh, and uh i started acting um in fifth or sixth grade, um, I went to a private school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, um, and I was in an operetta, um, and I sang falsetto, um, and, uh, and, um, I don't know, I, um, I went to, uh, uh, I didn't do very well at that school, um, and I ended up going to a school in Brooklyn, um, St. Anne's and um, I applied myself in in ways I I didn't know I could and um, I became very involved in improv and in writing and um, and I all of a sudden was regarded as um, kind of talented and funny and um,
0: what drew you to to the arts or acting anything like that in the first place theater I loved
1: you know. I lo- always love putting on putting on a show um, always uh being being involved um, you know with a with a group and working on something together and kind of cultivating uh, a thing from scratch you know you have it on the paper and then all of a sudden it's up on the stage in front of everyone and I always thought that was a really magical process um, i uh i uh, started writing some plays um, I put on those plays in high school um, and um, I also used to sit in on a uh, like a cinema uh, filmmaking class um, at the school a few of my friends were in it and it was kind of a an elective class almost, um, where it was kind of not interfering with other school hours. Um, and I just would sit and watch all the films, uh, the teacher was showing and I kind of watched them cut and splice and,
0: um, is this all in high school?
1: Yes. And I, and I grew very interested in, in, um, in being a part of their films and I acted in quite a few of them. Um, I also at the, around the same time I started taking pictures and and um, loved the way I felt with a camera. Um, you know, just how your eye changes uh, when you when you're carrying around a camera and and uh, you know looking for something to kind of pop up and and expose itself to you. Um, you know, i always I've always loved you know looking back on a moment where I where I saw it and it could have been something and I've taken the picture and it actually became something. Um, you know, I actually got a feeling from it. Like there is, there's all of a sudden, like an emotion from it. My, my photography is okay. Um, but it's kind of that same process as theater where, um, you know, you know, all of a sudden there's, there's something attributed to, to what's going on, um, emotionally. Um, and, um, I guess that's with any anything in the in the art world. but um, anyway, I went to Oberlin um, and I uh, studied creative writing for a bit. and I wrote um, uh, a very solid uh, portfolio, some of my best writing, um, as an application to the next creative writing project or the next creative writing class you need to apply to each class each semester um, but mm-hmm. that's when I um, around that around the time I, I started to become kind of um, have have my issues with bipolar and um, I had to come back to New York on an emergency um, I couldn't finish my finals, um, I was hospitalized for the first time and Um, and then, uh, you know, the summer things got better. I stabled out and then I went, um, back to school to Oberlin in the fall and I experienced depression for the first time. And, you know, just what, what that is, is, you know, don't wish it on anyone.
0: Was there any specific event that brought this on or was this just the age that you were at? Just the age.
1: Um, I would say, you know, not sleeping around finals and, and, um, you know, also, um, kind of the drinking and drugging that was just going on with me. Um, but, um, anyway, I, uh, I ended up, uh, coming back to New York that fall and, uh, my parents, we talked and we said, you know, maybe I should go to school in New York. So I applied to Brooklyn College, to SVA and to NYU, not thinking I was going to get into NYU. Um, and uh, I did. And I started that summer um, in a documentary class um, uh, that was kind of required for incoming students. Um, and I made my first film. And uh, that was uh, the documentary. Um, uh, I think it's called Magda and Sophia, or Sophia Magda. It's um, it's about a mother and daughter um, she was a friend of mine in high school, and she had this just beautiful relationship with her mom, and she still does them. And um, and uh, then it was Sight and Sound, and I think I met you. um yep, yep. In Sight and Sound with uh, with uh, a few others who I still stay in, I still stay in touch with. Um,
0: Can I jump back for one second? Yeah. Uh, Magda and Sophia. So that's a straight documentary.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a documentary. It's uh, about eight minutes, uh, and uh, I was I learned how to basically edit on that on that film. Um, I um, I got a lot of material from them, um, and uh, and you know I just I created this beautiful i i think it's it's the relationship itself is beautiful but i was really able to show it and um you know, and um it's just so dynamic and it's so interesting of of um this kind of kind of, they they almost live
0: as you know or, or just like this dance they have with each other um because i just watched that movie and at first, I wasn't sure if they were acting. I mean, the relationship between them—the daughter—is almost such a caricature of herself. Yes. There are times when you're zooming in on her, you know, with what she's saying, and it seems almost so forced and dramatic. I couldn't figure out if it was some kind of mockumentary <laughs> or if it was a straight documentary.
1: I mean, that's just that's just kind of the definition of their relationship. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, they. Um, they're very playful and and very sarcastic but they also have some very serious moments with each other um and they've gone through a lot together um a lot and uh you know it's uh, i haven't watched that in a while i you know i actually talked to sophia um about a week ago um, and she's down in florida now with her mom they they still live together and and they're doing well but
0: um yeah that's awesome! Yeah, what a beautiful piece. Yeah, thanks. So that was the that was really the first movie you made, first documentary.
1: Yeah, that was the first uh, film I made. The first my, the first film I made was a documentary, I guess. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you know, with sight and sound stuff, when I was started to become introduced to, uh, I I saw a few um, like Stan Brakhage things in when I was in that high school phase and my friends were, you know, in that class or showing me outside of that class, um, you know, Maya Darren, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I, uh, you know, just going to, um, like all of a sudden having this piece of equipment, um, you know, these RE-16s, um, and like knowing how to load them up, knowing how, what the lenses do, you know, just like the, and then sitting in that dark, um, steam back room and just like going at it for like, you know, a few hours until you, you cut something together that actually works. Like that's a, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. Like, I don't, um, I don't know when I've ever been so, um, I haven't been that devoted to, to, um, like really just like the grind of of work I haven't experienced that in a few years the way I did the way I experienced that in, in school um, um, but then um, you know we were um, I I stayed with experimental film um, I was in Lynn Sachs's. Um, was that Media Mavericks? yeah Media Mavericks yeah yeah um, and, um, you know, we watched a lot of stuff and just new ways of doing things and just new approaches and, you know, um, I made a lot of stuff. Um, I was busy and, um, and it felt good. Um, one of the early films that you made, Fritz Vermeer? Fritz Vermeer, yeah, that was my final project in Laszlo's class, um, and, um, that was about a dentist who um, whose teeth start raining on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it was kind of my homage to like this surrealist stuff I had been reading, and like um, I really love like Roald Dahl's adult, adult short stories, and um, like this was kind of like my like little thing that I had this idea and like and it worked out really well it was like oh this is kind of creepy (laughs) like um and I had a good friend of mine um Dom um uh he composed the the music um to it and that really brought it to life so that was that was fun
0: yeah the music in that one is awesome yeah especially when it builds up and the chords are kind of more atonal and everything It, it gets so cool it's awesome and I also just love that character. He's this very, uh, high society, kind of affluent type and everything. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, demise is his own teeth raining down <laughs> on him from the sky.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that was, uh, Chris Arp. I'm not sure where he is now. I think he just got married. Um, uh, but, uh, I should reach out to him and say hi. Um, <laughs> hope his, his teeth are okay. <laughs> um... And then soon after, we were in Darren's class. Darren, um, right? Darryl's, Darryl's, Darryl's class. Darryl's class. Yep, and, yeah. um And we went on that adventure. You want to, I mean, it's your film, Knocklin. That was uh, amazing. That was life changing for me.
0: Um, for me, too. Do you remember how we agreed to do that project? Because do re- I, I don't exactly remember. Asking you to be in it, I don't remember how it happened exactly.
1: I don't either. I know you. I know you were into like the whole shaman idea, and like I know you were telling me about that, and you were talking to Daryl, and you. um I don't know exactly. It was kind of serendipitous. Is not quite the right word, but um, uh, it. You know. I just I remember getting off the train and you picking me up in that SUV and like I got in the car and I realized I have no idea where we're going right now. <laughs> we're about to go into Canada. <laughs> um and uh yeah, I mean um what was that like for you? How I, how did you do, how did you do
0: that? <laughs> I kind of remember it being a very brief conversation where I, I like vaguely mentioned the idea and you said like yeah yeah sure that sounds good and then <laughs> and then I got the, the NYU budget for that film which I think was eight hundred dollars and I put it down on the car rental um, and that's where the budget went and then I picked you up and it, you know from there I mean it was very loose I think there was like half a page of ideas that kind of got thrown out the window in 10 minutes and then we just kept driving.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I, that one's, I mean, there were moments where that, there were like, this is like a heavy, like heavy tie. Like it was just, you know, just like having the windows down and going through the middle of like this forest in in, uh, in Canada, Northern Ontario. And like, you know, these snowy roads. I remember you let me do like donuts in like a snowfield for a minute. <laughs> and uh and then, you know, we camped out and um I remember just, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and my face being almost frozen and um we were up there, you know, um it was probably like you know, it was it was definitely it was January <laughs> First of all, (laughs) and um, uh, and and so, you know, but some of those moments you got where they were kind of like they just they just kind of bloomed where it was like, um, you know, we were driving down that road and then the train like kind of was pulling up to the side of us and we kind of were like all of a sudden, like, going at the same speed of this train, like, right at the front of it, and we turned into this town, and I thought we had left the train far behind us, and we turned into this town, and it just, like, out of nowhere, just, like, you know, blew his horn, and, like, it's just, like, startled the shit out of me. It's like,
0: damn, now which town are we in? (laughs) You know? And I think that was maybe the farthest north we went that night, Um, and I remember we met up with that train, which felt very you know like a climax in the movie and everything and then i remember turning and all of a sudden you know i was looking through the camera so i couldn't exactly see what was coming and then all of a sudden what entered into the frame was this sign that said 100 and i guess it was the the town's 100th year or something like that <laughs> but it was like this this uh you know synchronous moment of suddenly here we are at the top of canada and this sign arises into the frame it says 100 i was like okay we've we've made it yeah. And, and I think that's the town where we stayed in that crazy hotel, the the Northern Adventure Lodge or something.
1: Yeah, it was it like Timmins or something? Maybe somewhere further north of that, but we I remember I got plastered at that bar <laughs> that night with the guys playing pool and, Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh and then we did that whole like crazy like that it started to get like diving into that psychosis of of the character and like and um i don't know it was kind of it was totally
0: surreal and then we got
1: back and we really just like okay bye
0: (laughs) that film also was strange to me in a way because like you said at the end of the trip i said bye to you but then the other component of that film was going through all of your family footage
1: yes that i also wanted to talk about that Because you probably have a better sense, better understanding of my family than, than I think I do probably. Um, at least my early years, like you went through everything, Um, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know, my dad's family, everyone, you know, my, a lot of my mom's family and all my, all the home videos, all the
0: birthdays, my two older half brothers, you know, um It was funny also because eventually I met your mom in Manhattan to return the tapes to her, um and I'd held on to these tapes for like a year or two and when I met her i don't i mean i actually i didn't i had met her before when we were shooting one of your films for n y u in the Hamptons mm-hmm. um That was the first time I met your mom, but then since then i mean i'd watched all these videos and everything. And when I met her to give her the tapes back, I felt like it was some long lost relative, yeah. and I realized like she really didn't know who I was at all. It's <laughs> this very strange moment. That's bizarre. Yeah. You also
1: uh, worked on on my uh, my thesis film. Um, yes. And that was kind of um, you saved the day. The camera was not working, and you and, and Zach drove back to pick up the camera. Uh, All the way back to New York. Um, And we had to postpone shooting for a day. Um, But, you know, that was... I had this idea of kind of messing with the emulsions to a certain point that would kind of match the skin conditions of the protagonists. And um, it didn't work out as well as i wanted it to because you can't like there's only so far you can push and pull film um and then we also fucked with it in the timing um the timing uh section the timing um the timing room whatever it's called um and like pulled more um you know
0: saturation and and stuff from the way the film was lit for the transfer can you give a little background on the film just for anybody who's listening who doesn't know your work uh, so that film is called Slurpees for Thomas and Jenko. Uh, it was shot in, um,
1: near West Hampton and, um, and on Dune Road. And, um, it's basically about two, uh, rejects, um, who have, are rejected because of their, um, their skin, basically. But they're, when, when I say that, I mean actually, like, they have, um, afflicting skin conditions that are very, very painful to them. Um, And um, so one of them has very dry skin and the other one has very oily skin um, to a point of like discomfort and kind of pushing it towards the grotesque um, vein. Um, And so these two characters are best friends and they are on a journey together, uh, to get some Slurpees <laughs> and, um, and, uh, they, uh, you know, they arrive at the beach, um, after they've had their Slurpees and, um, they decide they want to basically say fuck all and run into ways, uh, either into the sand or on the rocks or into the ocean that will really, uh, exacerbate their skin conditions. Um, and they're kind of, you know, throwing their, their hands up and, and punching their faces forward to like, just really experience an incredible amount of pain. Um, and, um, you know, they, um, it ends with them giving each other a hug in the sunset. I mean, I just, (laughs) I, I don't know like really where, where to go from there. I was more, you know, I really wanted to see if, you know, this is something I could do in the future. Um, if I could like make, make a film like really a part of these characters. So I did actually shoot each character on different, uh, rows of film. And, um, and push one of them all the way and pull another one all the way and so it did have this different textural look to
0: to each of these characters
1: when you were looking at them
0: yeah it's awesome i thought that technique was so cool when you know you came up with the idea for it um have you ever released that film i haven't um i did finish it um
1: uh and submitted it as my thesis and did well but um you know, towards, towards the end of my senior spring semester at NYU, I started having a lot of issues again. Um, and, um, I had to, I didn't walk in graduation. Um, I had to go to a hospital. Um, I moved out to, to California, to Colorado for some continuing care. And, um, that's where I met Gail and, and worked on the documentary and, and my life got a lot better again and then i moved out to la and i worked for a couple of um production companies doing like pa work and and helping some kid write a you know stuff for his youtube channel and i just didn't really get the wheels going and uh i said fuck it i don't want to be in the arts anymore i don't want to do any of this anymore and um I was just really down, um, and, uh, I got into real estate, (laughs) and, uh... I remember, yeah. And, uh, I ended up, you know, I, I ended up working for, like, this great real estate firm in Beverly Hills, doing commercial real estate, and, um, you know, and I was miserable. I was straight up miserable every day, anxious every night, not wanting to go to work every day, and, uh... I was really stuck and I was drinking a lot and, uh, and basically, you know, um, I was living with someone who I really loved and they didn't want to be with me anymore, um, because of the way I was at that point. And, um, you know, they left and then things got worse and worse and worse. And then I ended up moving to Boston and there I am now, a year, a year and a few months later, and um, things are going much better.
0: Well, wow. uh, such a, a journey. <laughs> yeah. During this time, did you also take a trip to Peru at some point? I did.
1: Um, did kind of the the y thing in in Peru, but went with my brother, and um, we we rented a car um, and we did some kind of cool excursions to uh, different mountain towns around Cusco in the Andes and, uh, we had a great time. Um, you know, I've been talking with my brother. We want to write something together. Um, we want to get things going. Um, you know, he's, he's very creative. We worked on a film together when he was in high school. Um, and, uh, he's not in the arts right now, but you know, it doesn't mean we can't, we can't work on something together. Um, and I want to work on something on my own. Um, I, um, you know, I have some ideas for a horror film. Um, and uh, they're kind of in the early stages now. Um, but, uh, you know, they're going to be experimental as Fuck. <laughs>
0: That's the cool thing about <laughs> horror as a genre. You can really go so many different directions with it, yeah. and it can be such a personal genre, such you know a genre dictated by an author or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you elaborate on uh, what you're you're envisioning here without giving too much away? Maybe. Well, uh,
1: I know, I know. I want the character to kind of stumble upon this kind of alien fungus, and um, it kind of takes him to this very strange realm and place like in this forest and uh, he meets he meets some aliens and uh, and then it goes from there
0: (laughs) wow very cool (laughs) the alien fungus this also reminds me of one of the films that I saw of yours that you made with your brother you acted in his film Mm -hmm. and he finds a rock that gives infinite water or you find a rock that gives infinite water right yeah that's uh, it's called
1: um, about the size of a human heart, and the rock is like almost, looks a lot like a heart, and um, and uh, yeah, it has infinite water. It's a, it's strange. It definitely has some bizarre experimental overtones to it, um, but it turns out to be kind of slapsticky in the end. Um, but um, but you know, I I think what's important, um, is, you know, to just go out and do it. Like whenever, anytime I was given just like a camera, like I was able to like, to, to get something together to, to, um, really put, put my creativity together to just, to just go and do it. Like not necessarily saying the camera was the opportunity, but like once I had the, the ability to see myself actually making something is when I went in to make something. Um, you know, like when, like, how far do you have to go with an idea before you're fully invested with that idea? You know, like every idea just starts out and then, and then it develops in, in a certain way and you latch onto it in a certain way or you let it go. And, I don't think for me like I don't think I need to have like the most brilliant idea and like latch on to that because if I keep waiting for like the most brilliant idea to happen I don't think that I'm ever going to like really create that short film that I want to create again um, you know working now kind of more professionally with with the documentary films um, is is amazing and you know i'm learning so much and it's definitely a field i want to pursue but i also want to pursue my own artistic endeavor and and that for me does mean making a film in the next few years and um and maybe it's not the alien fungus maybe it's something else but you know you know just getting getting into the idea of of feeling motivated um because because it's possible, you know, I don't, I don't know. That, that that
0: resonates with me so much. I mean, just uh, talking about an idea and either latching onto it or letting it go. I mean, sometimes also you have an idea and you're waiting, waiting for that moment until the thing dies. Um, and a lot of times for me, I have to do something extreme in order to make it happen, whether it's, you know, getting the, the 16 millimeter camera or like renting the truck to drive to Canada. And then it's like, well, damn, I've put down $800 on this. I'm not going to not do it now. Um, one way or the other like this is happening
1: I hope we can work on something in the future we've t- kind of thrown around a couple ideas yeah. here and there I also was thinking about like um, trying to make more like if I did make a film I would want it to be experimental I think that is you know what I want to you know I think I, all films now need to be experimental in a certain way they have to hold that it, being an experimental film you know is what makes it hold its own with the unique character you know um original ideas and takes and um you know organic moments stuff like that like
0: um what, what do you mean though that it has to be experimental
1: well for me like what i want to do is like with this horror movie is, like, it's not necessarily so much about, like, what happens. Like, I want to be evoking emotion through, through, like, through these certain kinds of images that kind of twist and pull at, at the viewer and, like, and, like, kind of elicit more of a, um, kind of a roller coaster of you know being kind of elated or grossed out or or horrified or or you know and kind of like throwing these these um, techniques that kind of have been generated kind of to us through watching images over and over again like you know, the the format of the way we start to get happier in a movie and, and the way, we, like, we get sadder in a movie and the way we get horrified in a movie and, like, really starting to kind of pull out the strings of that and try and, like, make something different using those kind of... I don't know the best way. This is kind of, I'm kind of just brainstorming right now, but, like, just, like being able to put together more like a symphony of of emotion that's like very clashing and very like kind of like in your face and and kind of twists and pulls at at the way you at the way you think you're supposed to feel when you
0: watch a movie um, or a film or whatever and like i don't know do you see that like totally character driven and plot driven or also technique technique i think mostly technique yeah Mm. um
1: you know of of course there the plot i think the that what that's what i'm trying to say the technique would lead the action Um, Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's it would take a lot of work and i'm you know i don't even know how i would do it it's just kind of something i've been thinking about but
0: um well maybe even on a small scale like slurpees yeah i mean in a lot of ways the technique there drives the drama of the story Thank you. I mean, yeah, that's that's just it. You know, that's um,
1: the kind of, you know, the, <clears throat> I don't know, thank you. The experience of, like, the, of what you see and what you sit through, like, drives the way you think in, in certain ways. But it has some, there's some mold to that. And, like, the way of, that you, like like I said, like, the way a scene develops into a tragic scene. Like, there's, like, a, there's a way that that happens. And, like, if you could start to go on, like, the line of it's going to be a tragic scene and then make it, like, you know, a thrilling scene? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's, like, I'd like to do something like that. I don't know how, and and I don't have anything written down about that but like you know that's I'm
0: starting now so there you go that's really cool and that's a lot closer to actual life right? Mm, it is yeah it's uh, definitely um,
1: yeah I've had a lot of unexpected turns and uh, not like not knowing where I was going to be emotionally and you know few days before things happened and you know all of a sudden life you know turns turns can turn pretty quickly pretty fast for anyone um and uh you know it's how you it's how you deal with that how you kind of see yourself through those hard times but that's another conversation do
0: you have any prospects for getting your film out there, do you, like, consider the audience at all when you're working on something?
1: The documentary I worked on with Gail in Colorado, Beyond the Walls, like, we we really did have to think a lot about um, audiences and where this was going to go because she wanted it to be picked up and, um, you know, maybe turned into an hour long or something. And, and uh, you know, she, she applied and put it into, like, all these festivals and it did well in a lot of these festivals and you know it got official selection at wherever 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 and some name, name places but like didn't end up getting picked up and like she put years into that film and I watched kind of you know it start to dawn on her that like this was this wasn't going to have any financial return for her And that, that's not exactly what she set out for, but like, you know, it would be nice to, you know, to, um, have some return, um, but, um, you know, so we, so when we were, when we were editing and when we were putting things together, we, um, we really tried to cater to, um, to the crowd, really, um, you know. ...a lot of iconic shots... ...um... ...a lot of... ...um... ups of music... And, ...and dramatic... ...um... ...interchanges and stuff... Um, ...but... ...working now... ...um... ...with Sarah... ...um... ...I don't know... ...you know... ...she's got her own way of doing everything... ...and uh, I watch her work... ...and it's just... ...it's fascinating... ...she knows exactly how to get information from from certain people to tell her the right thing to get that right soundbite to like just nail it in so all she has to do is have the transcript and go to the time code and start pulling things together for a brilliant piece and
0: um, that's talent Um, yeah, definitely that's an awesome talent to have with your stuff like um your more experimental work or like the horror film that you might make, um, is you—is that a, something you would consider the audience in, or would that be more solely your vision? That would be solely
1: my vision. I think I've been most successful with my own work when I've just said, you know, I don't really care. Um, it would be nice if people like this, but I don't really care if they do. Um, and uh, I don't really think any filmmaker should be really too re- shouldn't be too reliant on like an audience's interpretation like if they believe it's right what's the difference if 50 people see it versus like 5000 people see it it's like or 50000 or 500000 like that's still an insignificant amount of people <laughs> you know um but like uh you know like making it is, you know, getting things made is, is that's the, that's what has to be behind, behind your, your passion of, of why you're doing something. I don't think you can reflect too much on it's, um, how it's going to be interpreted. Um, you know, that's just my idea. But if you want to go after, do something that you want to be interpreted well, then, you know, do it that way, you know, that's fine too, um, if you want something that's, like, super, you know, I was watching, um, I was watching, uh, or I read an article today about a Baby Shark, um, <laughs> about um how you know it's been viewed like four billion times and like it has like 16 words in it or something it's like that's the height that's like that's whatever youtuber wants to make is that like they want the i mean maybe maybe not but like you know some people going out there you know they they want the viewership and and they want you know capital gain and that's fine but like um you know I don't think that's the most successful way to do things and no true artist has ever gone out no no really remembered artist has ever gone out there being like I'm sculpting this you know statue of David because I want everybody to look at it and like like it a lot um but you know I'm I'm guilty of I'm guilty of that uh of that uh, of that whole thing you know like Of course, like, I have moments where I just want to be appreciated and I just want people to, like, appreciate the work I'm doing or, like, you know, give me a pat on the back and a smile and a kiss on the cheek or whatever, but, you know, I don't, it's like, that's not, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Outside of uh, Baby Shark, are there other uh, experimental works you're inspired by? (laughs) Um any favorite like film directors experimental or not just or artists yeah um
1: uh i think i i mentioned him um, to you um uh his name is like uh, jacob siassi and he's uh he's an artist he does like mostly animation he's a professor of animation um but he does a lot of like these video mashups he did a lot of when I was, like, in college, and I, th- I thought he was really cool. He did, like, um, stuff with, like, um, Paper Red and um, Extreme Animals, and um, he would do these, like, mashups of YouTube videos of, like, trending kind of dance moves or, like, things that were or people, like, would really get involved with or, like, sayings people would say, and he would just put them into a mashup and make them totally manic and totally crazy and like put this crazy like like uh trap music over it and like just have like these videos firing at like a thousand frames a second like kind of like so just like it's like it's like a strobe freak out it's like there's no way to like I don't know I just I when I first saw it I really I thought it was great and I I latched onto it and I got the chance to interview him when I was in Lynn's class, um uh in like two thousand ten, um and uh he's just talking about getting slimed <laughs> like like how that's like and that's it,
0: like, getting slimed, that's, that's it, <laughs> <it's just> like, <laughs> I really like his website, too, I think the header on it is something like, been on the internet since 1996, <laughs> and it's this, like, it looks like a 90s website, um, I don't know, it's, like, a fun website to, to click through, which is something that I really like, too, like, well-made websites, I think are, like, great art also, rather than, uh, you know, typical Squarespace sites now, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. anything in the immediate future you're uh, looking to get into Um, well I did something a little
1: different today I applied to the Peace Corps so I'm going to see where I can be useful and if that's something I want to do Um, and um, I want to get you know I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. The I'm working. I'm doing this work um, with
0: Nova, and um, can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah, again? sure. Just a peace corps. I mean, that's a huge uh, transition. Yeah. Where did that come from? What was your? Have you been? Is this something you've been thinking about for a long time?
1: Uh, I had a family friend who uh, was in the peace corps for four years, and um, and then my brother has a few friends and they were on the peace corps and they all say they all said it was like the best the best thing in their that happened in their life like it totally changed their character and um it opened their eyes and and they all came out of it with like a, a an experience and an understanding for people who they were just you know who are on this planet too and um and, um, I want to, I would like to incorporate traveling s- into my life somehow. Um, I know that Peace Corps is not like traveling, but like, that would be a good start for me, I think, to like, do what I want to be doing. I'd like to, um, I didn't mention this, uh, but I kind of want to go back to school for photojournalism. Um, and, uh, it's something I'm interested in and not set on, and I probably wouldn't go back for a couple of years. Um, but, you know, this is, you know, the Peace Corps might be what I need to figure out what I want to do with my life. Um, I know, I'm, I'm, it's a little old to say that, but like, like, I just turned 31 and, um... Uh, I'm trying to, you know, I want to do more. Uh, you know, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to be like 45 and have like a lot of purpose and passion going on in my life. And because I, I was at a spot like 27, 28, 29, where I was like flatlining basically. And like was not happy with anything that was going on and I was kind of wasting away and now I have this kind of like revitalized ambition and um, I want to tackle a lot of different things and I'm not sure exactly what that means but I'm kind of like you know feeling out different different directions and and you know I know it I don't have to you know, I I want to, I want to be a full person and, and happy in my, when I'm like in my 40s and 50s and 60s. I don't want to like look back and say, oh, I wish I had done that. I wish I had done that. And I think part of that for me involves being of service to other people and like
0: finding more meaning in
1: doing
0: that. Um. I vouch for you uh, going to the Peace Corps. I mean, I've always thought you were one of the more uh, dependable and down-to-earth people <laughs> that I knew, despite maybe the the interview <laughs> we, we, we just gave. <laughs> Thanks. But even, even in Canada, really, I don't know, I felt uh, like very safe with you there. Thank you. I felt like you could get stuff done if something needed to be completed, if you know, some problem came about you'd be somebody who'd be able to tackle that problem without, uh, freaking out or, uh, running away from it or something like that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my,
1: my preschool teacher when I was three said I was a born leader. <laughs>
0: mm. Absolutely. <laughs> I see that. Really? Yeah. Uh, not very insightful. Uh, yeah. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, all right, Zeke, well, anything else that you want to say? Thank you for having me on and, um, I'm sorry if I dragged on at all, but I, I just also, um, you know, if anyone, you know, listens to this and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, find the art in your, in your heart, you know, just, uh, keep going forward. Um, don't, don't let it, don't let it get you down too much. You know, you can keep pushing, you can keep, going forward, and, and, um, you know, art is an expression of strength, you know,
0: so that's all. I love that, art is an expression of strength, and Zeke, I mean, I just want to thank you for sitting down and talking to me here, I mean, I've always found your perspective just very interesting, and the films you've made really powerful, um, from, you know, your early work up until what it seems like you're doing now and everything. Um, and then one funny thing I'll leave you with. I just remember when you came to my parents' house, probably right before we shot in Auckland, you were talking to my mom. I was taking a shower or something. And afterwards I said to my mom, oh, what did you and Zeke talk about? She said, oh, he told me he wants to make films underwater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so cool, man.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I haven't... I'm a scuba diver, you know, I, I, uh, I know how to do that thing. Um, and so that'd be, I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah. I remember that conversation with your mom. <laughs> um, yeah, your parents are great people.